guys, welcome to The Breakdown Podcast. My name is Mary and I am here with Brock and Josh. How are you guys doing hey on this guys. lovely day? Just this lovely with the lovely day? It is lovely because it's kind of nice outside. Yeah, it is. That's great. Is. Um, well, here on The Breakdown, we take a portion of the weekend teaching at Hope. Um, in other words, we take a verse <laughs> that John mentions and we just take time to break it down for you guys and kind of learn more about it. And so it's going to be a good one today because we are back in Revelation. So it's going to be fun. But if you did miss the message um, this past weekend, he is continuing a series called Revival. So good. And yeah, it's been really good so far. I think people have really enjoyed it. And it's been very convicting for a lot of people, I think, myself included. But also he talked about specifically this week, just refresh, ways we can refresh our faith, Um, looked at the Acts 2 church. So definitely go check that out. But we're going to be using a verse that he actually mentioned last week. And he mentioned again, so I, we're getting the point. We need to do this verse. <laughs> um, and so it's in Revelation 1, or sorry, Revelation 3, 1 through 3. And before we get into it, you know, I, I think that in this, my first thought, Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know, you see the word reputation, that's all you can really think of. But really, I think all of us deep down want to be who we say we're going to be. And I think that kind of touches on this church and where we're at. And so it's going to be a good one today. Can you read us in your beautiful— This is, this is my first Taylor Swift Bible study. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> this is so exciting. Do you think that she would—you uh, think we could get her to say some stuff and we could just kind of add it later? I, 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 I can— can't imagine she's got to be an avid listener, I would think. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Taylor, if you're out there. I hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. But I do want to read for us, Josh, in yeah. your uh, beautiful reading voice. Oh, thanks. Revelation chapter 3, 1 through 3. Yeah, here we go. Uh, verse 1, write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation. There that word is. There it is. For being alive but you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what little remains for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Verse three, go back to what you heard and believed at first, hold to it firmly, repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as an unexpected as a thief. So Mary, these verses are meant to be uplifting. Is that why we we picked this? I feel, I feel so good inside. It's like a, like a warm cup of joe. You know, I was thinking earlier in your intro, I, w- I was thinking, you said how you were convicted. And I thought it's so funny because I've been so, enc- I felt similar things and yet I've been so encouraged. Yeah. And so I love that we get to dig into the nitty gritty of something like Revelation and and we can experience both of those things simultaneously. It's I think it's really really fun, which is a great leading because I think the audience, the original audience that this was written to, probably experienced both mm. of those emotions. Way yeah, one go, maybe Josh. more heavily than the other. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, potentially. Yeah, this. Um, so we kind of mentioned a little bit about Revelation in last week's episode, and I will keep mentioning it because I definitely think you guys should go back and read it because here at the beginning of Revelation, which is a common book that people maybe have assumptions about, or you know. Um, they don't have a lot of understanding about. It's one sometimes people stay away from and it's more like word of mouth, like, oh, this is what Revelation's about. But something that we mentioned last week was the first, you know, few chapters is really specifically to churches. And so what you'll find, especially in verse three, honestly, two and three is, and maybe four, I'm not sure if it goes all the way to four, but are mentions of like, like John who wrote this, John the Beloved, is writing this to specific churches. So mm-hmm. this church is Sardis, which is— And it's based on a vision he saw from Jesus. Yes. And so these are his 
way of telling these churches from Jesus. Here's some messages to these specific churches. Exactly, yeah. So you'll see his kind of from whatever that vision was is what he's telling them about that. And so this church in Sardis, um, they were wealthy. They were kind of well-to-do off, um, but they're also just this ancient, ancient city, you know? And so they had this kind of historical um, feeling about them where they had this kind of holding on this to hold on to that they were this kind of grand place, but things had not been going well and things kind of became very, I don't know if this is the best word to use, but pagan and very much just like taken over by worshiping um, Greek gods and different things like that. And so this is what the church is facing and what the church is kind of becoming a lot like. And as we were looking at some of the background of Sardis, it seems like it, I wish Sardis was more of a seaside community. It'd be like sardines a little bit. I was waiting. Yeah. I was or, waiting. Or maybe they had a game where one person hid and everybody else had to find them. Yeah. Sardines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, a couple <laughs> things that... Fish jokes. Fish jokes, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, a couple yeah. things that I read about Sardis is as they excavated did some archaeology on this place, that they in the cemeteries they find found kind of some high-end jewelry. So again, kind of that idea that this place was maybe wealthy. And some columns of some pretty massive temples to Greek gods mm. that they discovered here. So there's uh, the things Mary mentioned about the wealth, the uh, worshiping of other gods. And then I read one fact, and I, I, I can't substantiate this fact because I just read it. This may have been the first place where they did imprints on gold and silver coins. Hmm. That's what I heard too. Yeah. yeah. And dyeing wools. Or, I know we talked about wools last week, but yes. this is where they might have like first come yeah, up with dying different them. colors other than just yeah the, the yeah standard, not dying dying yeah yeah but dying, color yeah dying. but like the co- coloring of wool since it was just yeah. using the, the bland brown sheep color yeah. that you had in they're the getting past. exciting with it yeah, exactly yeah. natural yeah yeah this uh city too and you, we're gonna he- hear this come up in the language so the fact that it's spe- a specific city and a specific uh, word being spoken to the city we're gonna hear Maybe a, like an allusion to this, but something interesting too is this city uh, was a very influential, very affluent city that not once but twice uh, experienced downfall. Yeah, which is really interesting. They were ransacked multiple times. Like, <laughs> like a, I'm sorry, that's just a fun word, ransacked. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but they were they in a sense let their guard down, got overrun, somehow built themselves back up to influence and affluence again. And then it happened again. Hmm. And so it's cool that as we read this, um, I, 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 we don't you know, always know specifically that that's what's happening, but it is kind of interesting that, uh, that you can kind of see that imagery of sorts playing out, except now it's more of a, a spiritual take yep. coming from mm-hmm. you know, God yeah. to them. So the first verse, we'll read this again. Uh, write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the seven holds, uh, sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. If you go back to Revelation 1, there's this vision. And so what this is saying, the words of him who holds the seven spirits, this is just Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just referring back to Jesus, he's speaking to your church. And he's really saying to them in this message, as, as far as I read it, that you guys have uh, in Sardis a form of Christianity. You, you claim to have this faith in Jesus but there's really no deeds or anything coming from it. It's like, I have Jesus, but that's the extent of what they're doing. And I know that Mary appreciates like party words that mm. you can use at a party to show off your intelligence level. Yes, I've used all the ones. Yes, because Christian, 
Party words. That's you're going to be the life <laughs> of any party. You walk in, you start throwing out Christian terms. Everyone's going to really want to hang out you, with you. You camp yourself right there because that's <laughs> yeah. going to be a place to hang out all night with that person. What is it? What's the word? So the word is that it sounds like they're saying here that these people are. And you'll hear this phrase today. These people are nominal Christians, and that means that they're in name only Christian. Mm-hmm. They're not really doing a whole lot with it. And so I think they're being called out here by just having the name of Christ attached to you. But the faith is not really transforming your life. Your deeds aren't really transforming the other people around you. You're just kind of saying, hey, we're following Jesus, but you're still involved in accumulating all this wealth, pagan worship. It's like this mishmash of all these things. And yet the Jesus part is not really shining through, seems to be what the author is saying here. Which you like, well, commonly here, I think John's mentioned it, you know, a few times that nominal Christian and kind of brought it up. But it's kind of the maybe modern day equivalent would be like, I go to church. And that's it. (laughs) You know, like, hey, that's my claim to being a Christian. And there's, they're not many deeds that are attached to that. And so, So if someone said, are you a Christian? And your only answer was like, yeah, I go to church. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Kind of a similar thing. Yeah. Yeah, Or my my family went to church or something like that. So just people just kind of claiming this, but there's not really any transformation. At least that's what it seems to be saying. And I think that's a pretty easy interpretation to to see that coming through here. Mm, Yeah. And so, uh, again, a specific church, this specific word of God. And so um, Christ intimately knows them as he intimately knows us. And so he has this very specific message for them. <clears throat> so as he continues in verse one, he says, I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. So you claim to be alive in Christ, but really mm-hmm. there's no life there at all. Right. And yeah. so then comes the... Uh, kind of the the call, the urgent, um, you know, imper- imperative statement here with a big old exclamation point. Verse two: Wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of God. Hmm. Have y'all seen A Knight's Tale? Do y'all remember that movie? Yeah. One of the quotes that stands out to me is, "You've been measured." You've been found wanting. Mm. And if I knew the rest of it, it'd be really impactful. Yeah, I was, right I was into it. I was, I was so into that <laughs> quote. I'm like, oh, what happens? And you have, yeah. I think that was it. You've been measured and you've been found wanting. And that reminds me of this. What a, yeah. what a statement. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of God. That's crazy. Yeah. And so there's like this warning going on here. And I think Mary mentioned this in the opening or maybe in our preparation mm-hmm. for this, that this city had been taken over a couple of times. And so here's this warning, like, guys, you need to pay attention so if any city is going to have an idea of like, oh, I should probably pay attention to this because there has been some downfall here before, this is this is a place where like, hey, wake up, pay attention, be aware. This could happen again. You may not even be aware it's going to happen because they, uh, you know, they might sneak in and do this. But you, you need to wake up and be prepared because here's a stern warning for you, and that city would understand a stern warning about destruction. Yeah, for sure. And I love, um, Josh, I'd love for you to go into what we kind of talked about as we were preparing, but um, it's easy to read this. And I think the translation is good. Wake up, right? Like that's like, okay, that's that kind of does cover it, but there's kind of a depth to it of like, hey, watch out, like be watchful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else was it? I know you kind of dug into it, Josh. Yeah, I did just a real quick word study and watch out is for sure uh, one of them, but there was also this idea of, hey, start to do this or begin to do this. And so, which actually- in action, Yeah, basically. and also, so then Brock said this, so I'll just steal it. But so this watch out as like a warning, which you just said, right? And then, but then the idea of now begin to do this, uh, that's very hopeful. That create that that brings to mind a sense of like, okay, it's, it's not this uh, 
it's not a, a judgment and it ends and uh, I have this just now consequence ahead of me. There's an opportunity to uh, turn a different corner. So it's not over, decision. Yeah. but an opportunity to be warned so you can change. There's hope here that yeah. you, if yeah. I do turn, I can change. You're so, dead, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> dead. He says, Mostly and he says, yeah. that, he says, almost dead, which to me, that brings to mind Romans 1, where he talks about this kind of like, if we want to follow our sin, you know, God allows us, you know, hands us over to that. We, like, we have that ability to turn from him and, and continue to stray from him. And yet, there's this, you know, uh, you're almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God, uh, of God. But, but then verse three says, go back to what you heard and believed at first. So there's this opportunity to turn from that and turn back to him. And he says, he says, hold on to it firmly. Yeah. If they heard the Christian message, they've heard the truth. You started, but you kind of stopped. Mm. And this is a warning or encouragement to start going again. Yeah. So don't give up on that message. You just end up, quit this pagan worship and not allowing your life to be changed to help other people, but now's an opportunity to call back to to do the right thing again. Mm -hmm. And then he uses a word that um, maybe is confusing or maybe uh, it's a scary word. I've grown to love this word, uh, but he says, repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as uh, as unexpected as a thief mm -hmm. or like a thief in the night. Yeah. Repent means to turn away from mm -hmm. things and turn toward God. I always love it when people say, God is calling you to do a 360. Like, isn't it? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, isn't a 360 right back around to where you were? Let's it's go a, with it's, 180. It's a 180. Okay, good. Yeah, so he's calling this 180 and to repent and turn because he's saying, it's not like he's a thief, but you know how a, a thief would come in the night you would never expect, you couldn't prepare for, it just happens. And so mm -hmm. he's saying, you just don't know when I'm going to come back for you, when I'm going to call you to this. And the thief in the night language is pretty cool because it's used many times in the New Testament. It's used in Matthew and 1 Thessalonians and 2 Peter. And so if you wanted to look that up, those would be some great passages to read. Just kind of that suddenness, that expectedness. You never know. So the time is now. Be ready. Repent. So you just never know what's going to happen. So now is the time to repent and turn back from your evil ways. And so there's this, again, that warning and that hope all encased in this, in this one verse here. Yeah, it's, it has that same kind of urgency as the verses, a couple of verses before the watch, watch out, like wake up, like yeah. it has that kind of urgency. And I think a lot of times um, it's so easy to feel like we've got time. Like, you know what I mean? Like you got time and, and maybe we do, you know, but there's still that call of like, hey, like wake up, like be watchful, be vigilant um, so that you don't fall asleep. So you don't become like this, get into this place where you have a reputation for being alive, but you just aren't. Mm. That's crazy. I love that he says, go back to what you heard and believed at first. Um, because when we hear of something like repent, turn from sin, turn to God, change, whatever, uh, I almost feel like there's a there tends to be a default of like, oh, I need to do something. I need to change something. Maybe it's a behavior modification or I need to learn some more of something or whatever. And uh, But what, the call here is uh, remembering God and who he is and what he's done and what he said. It brings to mind passages like Romans 12, uh, which is one of my favorite, where uh, Paul has spent this whole 11 chapters talking about the gospel and God's grace and, and what Jesus has done. And then in chapter 12, he says, now remember these things, think on these things, and let that motivate a life of worship. And uh, and so he's, so the author here is calling, he's saying, wake up, and but he's saying, and he's saying, repent, but he's saying, let, let the mercies of God and who he is and what he's done be the thing that motivates 
this desire to turn from that sin and turn back to him. I love that. Yeah, and Paul also wrote a letter to a guy named Titus. And Titus was a pastor. And at the end of that, he's saying, go back and remember that grace. That seems to be the foundation of everything. So going back, remember that you were saved by grace, nothing you did. And it's by grace that you move forward. But that grace does bring about a transformed life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, he's calling this church to go back and remember grace, remember God's work, but let that grace transform you so it begins to mm-hmm. uh, work outside of you toward other people. And so that's mm-hmm. just, there's, so it's not the emphasis on, hey, go change your behavior. It's the emphasis on go back to Jesus, let yeah. him transform let him yeah. your behavior. The embers of your affection. And yeah. then there's this little word. That, the embers of your affection. It's, it's very poetic. That is Thank so you. poetic. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I just came up with I feel like it. I'm by a warm fire <laughs> right it. now. There's this little word too that it's easy to skip, uh, but it says, repent and turn to me again. And uh, Next so, they did it once. They didn't do anything with right. it. Now come back and let that repentance change. Yeah, you. and yeah. I think that's a common uh, misnomer in the churches is that salvation is this like one and done thing. Well, salvation, obviously, you know, Christ brings our dead hearts to life. We're covered by his grace. Our sins are washed away. We receive his righteousness. But for the rest of our life as a Christian, repentance is, is an ongoing, yeah. I would even say daily, maybe multiple times a day thing uh, as the Lord continues to change the way we think and make us more like him. And as we pursue him. So I, so even, it's not just repent, it's re- repent again, turn to me again. Yeah. And I office across from Mary and I, I would say it's more hourly or minute, <laughs> wow. minutely. That's maybe. Wow. Well, oh, you know what? I am good across. at repenting yeah, regularly. That's so true. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, so then we get to uh, verse verses four and five. I'll just go ahead and run through those. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. That's kind of a funny uh, statement there. Um, sure is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not I'm not quite sure what he's talking about, but it kind of makes me think of like a lack of reverence, maybe that um, hasn't led to this kind of deep understanding. There's of what's this going purity, on. kind of a white garment idea that runs through Revelation, and your yeah. deeds have been so poor that it's actually that white garment has been mm-hmm. soiled and, and destroyed a little bit because your deeds are so not reflecting mm-hmm. what Christ has done for you. Interesting. So this very uh, interesting soiled word here, like even in this, there's that hope thing again, like. A few people are here still. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So one of the words we talked about, again, another party word. Yeah. I looked at you. I was like, please add this party party word. I'm not going to add it. (laughs) Have you ever heard of the term remnant? R-E-M-N-A-N-T, remnant. And it really just means what is left or what is behind. And so here are these people that Jesus is saying in Sardis that that have allowed Jesus to transform their hearts and their lives. And so here's this remnant of people that are still faithful to Jesus. And so some of you, have given in that pagan worship and all these things, but there's some of you that are still faithful. And so he's just kind of reminding them, that, hey, that's, it's going to be, you're going to be rewarded for your faithfulness and being yeah. that remnant. That's awesome. So, so this remnant, uh, as we continue to read, will walk with me dressed in white for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. And then it ends with one of the coolest little things that you hear Jesus say often is whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Mm-hmm. So if you can, you can hear what Jesus is saying, let that seek deep in your soul. And this is that warning, that encouragement, that mm-hmm. hope all wrapped together. I was going to say all dressed in this phrase because yeah. of the robe thing, but I don't know. I won't say that. But, <laughs> but you did. But dang it, I did. <laughs> and so it's just a really cool kind of poetic, beautiful uh, ending to this church in Sardis is yeah. like, there's hope. And for those of you that have been faithful, keep it up. Mm, that's mm. awesome. All right. But I do have, I do have a conundrum mm. after reading this verse. Are you guys conundrum? 
did, though? I pretty much have it all figured out. Okay, well, let's, well, let's do that. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> just, just bear with me then for a little Repent bit. Repent again. So okay. here's this warning. <laughs> so it's written to the specific church in Sardis and all the things mm-hmm. we talked about. What can, what can I learn from this warning? What is this warning speaking to me? And like, have I started and like gone back or my deeds not? So I just see a little conundrum mm-hmm. that it's like, what do I do with this verse? Yeah. So I'm asking you guys. So please help me. Help. Yeah. Well, it is like, you know, very vague. And there, it, there is a clear, there is a clear correction but there isn't a clear direction. <laughs> Ooh, <Wow>. getting <laughs> not poetic, but you know, I can rhyme a little bit. But I think that that can kind of leave us feeling that way, right? Like, okay, what deeds are we looking at here? <laughs> What's going on? You know? Yeah. So that's my uh, adding on to your conundrum because I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. And so, like uh, Josh started talking about earlier about the grace thing, we go back yeah. and embrace that grace that Jesus has done for us. And so we go back to Him. And it's, instead of maybe less striving, like I got to work hard to make sure I'm going to be part of that remnant. Maybe it's just going back yeah. and relying upon Jesus saying, Jesus, I need you to transform my heart mm. and just allowing and watching for those opportunities when we feel led by the spirit to do something kind or say something kind or turn away from this thing that we just kind of continue to lean into God's grace and forgiveness and and make sure yeah. that that's just, we're leaning into that grace. And it's a call back to remember what Jesus did, if yeah. anything. I tried to... Uh, as much as I can, like I listen for it. If I hear it, I try to as much as possible. I encourage people too. of, um, you want to honor God or you want to want to honor him more. That's evidence of the spirits working you. Like that's not you. And that's, that's super encouraging when we stop and we go, Oh my gosh, that is, that's God's presence. That's evidence of his presence in my life. That's evidence of the spirit's influence. Uh, when we, um, want to read God's word, when the when the spirit shows us something in God's word, um, that's evidence of like the Holy Spirit's presence, you know. Yeah. And and so uh, I think that it it's also just really helpful to uh, recognize those things, be encouraged by those things, um, so that if something like this is is maybe scary, which I think um, there can be like a health. You read this stuff, and there can be a healthy reverence. There's that balance, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then even that reverence is encouraging and and reminds us we don't have to be afraid of this um but we let that like kind of majestic um all powerful kind of reminder of who God is help us realign help us realign anything that is maybe out of alignment with him yeah, and then there's even the last verse one last quick thing is those who have ears to hear going back and allowing the word of God just to hear what Jesus has asked us to do and allowing that to transform our lives. There's something mystical and powerful mm-hmm. as we just hear the words of Jesus. Yeah, yeah I love awesome. that. I think I think that hopefully, hopefully you're feeling hopeful and encouraged by this because it, it, you know, I, I love bringing it back to that, the spirit leading us and back to the beginning almost, back to, you know, the Jesus that we met. You know, maybe when we were a teenager, maybe when we first heard God's word and we realized you know, like that he was it, you know, that he was the answer. And I think that's so simple and it's so beautiful. And so for those of you who are, you know, maybe feeling a little bit convicted, a little bit like, man, I want to, I want my actions and my, who I say I am to match. 
um, go back to the basics. I think that's kind of what it—go back to the grace of Jesus in your life and um, get back into His Word. And I think that that will—and those are things that kind of John was mentioning a little bit, some of those practical things. Um, but but there is hope. There is hope for that. There, like if, Even if you feel dead, even if you feel like it's done, um, there is still hope. There's still that beautiful invitation. And so yeah. that's our encouragement to you guys today. Um, I've really enjoyed this revival series. So we're going to be continuing it. So make sure to join us next Next weekend or next week and and this weekend mm. on the breakdown later <laughs> thanks for joining us for this episode of the breakdown you know it's our hope that you've learned something new about god's word for the sake of knowing god and taking one step in your journey to the center of god's purpose for your life if you're wanting to keep the discovering going which we hope you are you can check out past episodes at hopefellowship.net podcasts or by searching the breakdown on spotify or any other streaming platform and don't forget please leave us a review We'll see you guys next time for another episode of The Breakdown.